0: Hi, I'm Ryan Becker, and you're listening to the Rock Hill Seventh Day Adventist Church official sermon archive. You can find more information about our church at www.rockhillsdachurch.org. We hope by listening to this message that you are encouraged and challenged in your walk with Christ. An interesting week, hasn't it, for this area? Um, n- not to belabor the point, but we serve an awesome God, and. If we ever doubt that, just think of what he's done in your life. Think back. He has given us the gift of memory. Memory's a two-edged gift. There's good memory, there's bad memory. But something got driven driven home to me last night uh, in a very special way, which kind of has nothing to do with the message today, but I want to share it with you because of the impact it had on me last night. Uh, six o'clock on Fridays, four times a year, I do what I call a play around with my music students. And it's, it's not really a recital because there are no fancy dresses. They come from school, most of them, just getting off the bus, maybe grabbing something quick to eat, and then they come over. And nothing is perfected. They use, I let them use their music if they want to. They don't have to have it memorized. And it's, and we call the play around, and they're having fun playing and showing their moms and dads and grandmothers and whoever chooses to come because it's an, it's an open thing. What they're doing and how they're progressing and letting them be appreciated. And yesterday was the first one for this academic school year. My youngest is four, and the oldest student that showed up is 17, so I had a All kids, but some more kids than others. My bunny rabbits. You've heard me call them my bunny rabbits. And we went through, and it was wonderful to see their faces just shining. A couple of them got stuck on a a little place in the music, and, okay, use your third finger. I was able to kind of coach them from the sidelines and support them, and everybody was great, and everybody clapped, and everybody had big smiles. And at the very end, I was thanking the parents for coming and bringing them. And I said, okay, I said, so now I'm going to stop being social. I'm going to start folding up the chairs because I have to clean up the room before I leave. I said, y'all have fun. There's cupcakes over there. And so I looked, there was a little commotion on the far side of the room. And I'm okay, I'm going to trust the parents to take care of that. And I'm folding up chairs. And I heard one of my little girls saying, "Yeah, I don't really care what you think. And I'm like, that's not like her. What is she talking about? Why would she talk to her parents? And I turned and I looked. And they're holding on to her. And she's trying to break away. And she's like pulling toward me. And I I stepped toward her. And the parents let go. They had her arm. And she came and she ran. She grabbed me around the knees one of my bunny rabbits. And she looked up at me with big eyes. She said, did I do good? I said, yeah, of course you did. You did wonderful. I'm so proud of you. And she turned around, and then she looked back at me. And she said, I'm not really mad at Daddy. But he always says I do good. I want to know what
1: you think. Is that a lesson for us? In this world we live in, it doesn't
0: matter what they think. It matters what our teacher thinks, what our father thinks. And she needed to be reassured that even though she hadn't been perfect, I still loved her and I was proud of her. Now, I could stop right there and think that we'd had a pretty good church service. Because that is the relationship that each one of us should have. And she went back over and she hugged her daddy and she apologized to him. And I walked over with her. And he shook my hand. He says, thank you for loving my daughter. Not for teaching her piano. He did not thank me for teaching her piano. He thanked me for loving her. We were talking this morning. What do we do while we're waiting? We love. We love and we teach. I didn't know what the lesson was this morning because I don't pay a lot of attention to the Sabbath school uh, literature because I'm usually working on Either a message or something else. So sometimes I will kind of sit over here and look like I'm not really paying attention, but I am. <sighs> this message today is what do we do while we're waiting on God? I had no idea. I really had no idea That's, that was going to be the topic for the, the uh, class this morning. For it to get to you. I don't like pizza that much, fortunately. And I don't live in Alaska, fortunately. But unless you have the stuff to make it yourself, it'll take three weeks to order a pizza. I would rather drive clear across town and pay twice as much for something if I want it now than to wait and have it delivered 10 days from now. I'm impatient when it comes to certain things. There's a a story, a friend of mine is an airline pilot. I think I've talked about him before in here. He's an airline pilot, one of the big airbuses that goes across the Atlantic. He was telling me a story about, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it makes a good story, about a, a, a flight was being delayed, and it had been delayed, and it had been delayed, and it, this was like the third delay. And the passengers are getting all uncomfortable and really upset, and they're making noise, and they're starting to, you know, pound their fists and get loud. And gentleman comes up. He pushes his way to the front of the line, slams his ticket down, and says, "I've got to be on this flight right now." And the, she's, the the gate lady is being very nice. She said, "Sure, we'll get you on just as quickly as possible, but you must wait like everyone else." And he screams at her at the top of his lungs, "Do you
1: know who I am?"
0: She picks up her microphone and says, ladies and gentlemen, we have someone here who doesn't know who he is. So if anybody recognizes him, could you please come to gate three? It's a good story. I don't know if it's true or not. So what was he doing while he was waiting? He was getting angry. Getting angry. You're inconveniencing me. I want something and I want it right now. And that's... That's our human nature. That's the sinful flesh, wanting what we want, when we want it, and the way we want it, too. I just like waiting in post offices, banks, and, of course, the hospital waiting room, if you're at the emergency room. But sometimes, brothers and sisters, God makes us wait He doesn't always answer our prayers with a yes, sir, right away, sir. Here you go, sir. Answer to your prayer, sir. That's not the way God operates. Sometimes he does immediately answer your prayer. I've had that happen. I bet everybody in this room has had that happen to them. You, you come to God with a need, a want, a begging of your heart. And before you know it, my child, I love you. Here you go. Sometimes he says no, because it's not what you want. Not, not what the best, it's not what he wants for you. It's not the best thing for you. But most of the time in my experience, in all the years that I have walked, let's walk. Trusting, believing, trying to learn. I've discovered that the most common answer that I have gotten is, be patient, hold off, wait just a little while longer. You're not ready yet. Now heaven is full of answers that we have not asked for or that we have rejected. Heaven's full of that. We don't want to run ahead of God, but we don't want to wait on Him either most of the time. We want answers now. So is there a model in Scripture for us? This is the book of instructions. This is the book of instructions that comes. Kenny has that, that new Volkswagen out there, and he's still reading the manual. He keeps finding new stuff in it. Did you know that this car would... Well, is it in the manual, Kenny? Yeah, it's right here. Well, then I guess it will. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not impressed by cars. I just, they get me from point A to point B. I drive a Sonic. I love it. It's a good, wonderful little puddle jumper. But, you know, I mean, I'm like, one of these days, Ed, though, one of these days. You're going to see me in a red one. Mm. Gordon, one of these days. Roger, one of these days. Probably not. But we begin here with the story of the apostles who have just seen Jesus in the flesh for the last time. He commands them to go back to Jerusalem and wait. He doesn't say, go bring in more people. He doesn't say, go out and start healing. He doesn't say, go tell people what you saw today. He gives them the hardest instruction he ever gives to any of his children. And you parents know this is the hardest thing you can say to your kids. I'm sorry, not right now. Just wait.
1: Just wait. We see this right there in the first
0: chapter of Acts, and he says that he, they walk, they walk home and they're talking on the, the whole time. He said, what do you, what do you think, hey, John, what do you think he meant by wait? I don't know, Andy, what do you think he meant by wait? Well, ask Nathan, Nathan knew him better. Uh, why don't you ask Andrew? Andrew and he sat together in the boat all the time. They're talking amongst themselves, what do you think he meant by go to Jerusalem and wait? Well, they come back and they have this place that's a fairly safe place for them and they're all gathered together, the remaining 11 apostles. There were some women there that had been of service. His mother was there, his, his earthly brothers. So what do they do? Sit and continue in conversation? Ask, keep asking, what do you mean, what do you mean, what do you mean? The model here says... Verse 14. They all continued together, not not separately, they continued together to do something. What was it? To pray. To pray. And not just pray. There is a difference in praying and in the Greek deasis, supplicating. Supplicating is very out of fashion today. It means throwing yourself down on the floor with your face in the floor and your arms extended and begging from your toenails to your fingernails. That's supplicating. It means total and abject lowering and erasing of yourself and what you want for whatever it is the person you are asking wants. My granny and papa were mountain people from the mountains of North Carolina and and the part of South Carolina that's up in the mountains. They were raised back in, we call it the sticks today. Never had electricity until the 1950s when they were in Greenville, and my parents built them a house. They never had running water, ever. Ever. But they had a faith. And my grandfather would tell me about brush arbor meetings. Anybody here know what a brush arbor meeting is? It's an old mountain term. They'd find a flat place in the mountains. The mountain people would find a clearing where it was flat. And they would put up poles and they would cut brush and make a ceiling over it to keep the sun off. And then they'd have a preacher. And they would come. And they would preach. When one got tired, another one would get up. And when he got tired, another one would get up. And they'd sing hymns. They'd read scripture. They would throw themselves down on the ground and beg God to move among them. That's so undignified. We would never do that here, would we? But my grandparents, through that kind of faith, raised a family in the middle of the Depression on $8 a week. A family of seven children on $7 a week, and they came through the Depression and thrived. And their children went into wonderful, wonderful service to the Lord. I've told you this story, my mother wanted to be a missionary. And she ended up teaching in Christian schools all her life. And married a wonderful Christian man. That's what supplication is. You erase yourself in whatever it is you want. And you say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your want to. Fill me with what you would have. And that's what they did while they waited for this promise to be fulfilled. Did they doubt that Jesus was going to fulfill his promise? What do you think? I would say, based on what I've seen in Scripture, no, they didn't doubt it because they'd seen in the last three years everything anyone ever asked of him come true. From the very beginning that we know about that's recorded for us is his first miracle in Cana. Remember the the miracle at the wedding? All the way through, he said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to walk and talk with you again. I will ascend to heaven. I'm coming back, guys. Hey, don't forget, I'm coming back. Just go to Jerusalem. Yeah, Jerusalem, Peter. No, we're not going back to Galilee. You know, Peter was a little hard-headed. But Lord, why won't you... Peter, I said, go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I think, I think God, Jesus sighed a lot over Peter. I think he took a lot of deep breaths when it came to dealing with Peter. Do you know sometimes when we're waiting on God, we'll pray one time and then we say, okay, God, now I've prayed for you. Okay, now I'm going to go ahead and live my life. That's not what this is talking about. How many times? How many times have you ever heard a kid say,
1: Pick up your clothes. I did it yesterday. We'll do it again today. Why? Because I told you to. He says be in a continual state of prayer
0: with the Father. You should always be in a state of communication
1: with the Father. Remember the Widow and the unjust judge. Finally, through sheer
0: persistence, he gave her what she wanted. Remember the story of the gentleman who needed bread in the middle of the night and he kept pounding on the door. I need some bread. I need some bread. Go. It's, I'm gone. I want some, bre- I some bread. I need some bread. Finally, they just got up and threw all the loaves they had in the house at him. Leave us alone. God doesn't lose his patience with us like that, but sometimes we ha- he wants us to understand once is not enough. You really want this? How much do you really want it? Are you willing to give up some of your time to talk to me? Wives, don't we want our husbands to talk to us? Husbands, don't you want your wives to talk to you? To communicate with you? Parents, don't you want your children to communicate with you? Children, I'm not going to ask you if you want your parents to communicate with you because I know you don't. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, okay? But... Parents, I'll tell you, they are listening. They hear us. They may roll their eyes. But they listen to us. And God wants that relationship with us. He wants us to talk to Him every day, every time we have a need. He wants us to come to Him and ask Him. Now, God is not a genie in a bottle. You don't rub the lamp three times. And a big, Psh, there it is. But he does honor our request and our prayers with the answer that he knows is best for us. What's the second thing they did? Well, if you look at verse 16, I flipped my page one time too many.
1: Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, the who?
0: He hasn't gone out yet. He's still talking to the people that knew Jesus, right? That had, had contact with him, he said. Men, brothers, this scripture has to be fulfilled. They studied the scriptures. They went and got the scripture and studied it to see if there's something they missed. Is there something more that we need to take care of? Now what this is actually, what the specific instance is here is what do we do about Judas. Jesus picked 12, now there's just 11. What should we do? But in order to get guidance for that, not only did they pray, but they opened the script, they read the instruction manual that they had. They didn't have the New Testament. All they had was the Old Testament. But they found the answer to the question there. Ladies and gentlemen, if you never have anything but the Old Testament, you can still find the answers to the questions there. So the Jews, the Hebrews have
1: no excuse. They have no excuse. It's there. Sometimes when you pray, you get more questions than you do answers.
0: I've had a very specific time in my life when I asked God for something and the answer was wait. And so I came up with another question. Well, why do you want to make me wait?
1: Because you're not ready. Well, then what do I need to do to get ready? And I kept coming up with more and more questions
0: until he revealed to me what it was, what the lack was in me, why I wasn't ready, why I wasn't prepared for that step that I wanted to take, that I really believed was in his will, and as it turned out, it was in his will. But I wasn't ready.
1: I wasn't ready. So sometimes, and this is what Liz said, the waiting...
0: Is for us. To get us closer to him. To give us more insight into our relationship and where we are. You're absolutely right. The wait sometimes is for us.
1: And what's the third time that they did? Well, let's look all the way down in verse 21.
0: This is where they make the decision to have someone else take Judas's place. So, what is it that they're doing? They're taking action. They're not just sitting there praying, which is important. They're not just sitting there studying the word, which is also important. But they're doing something. They're actually taking action. They had the first church board meeting. They had the first church board meeting. Two requirements.
1: They set out what the requirements had to be, and then they voted. What happened
0: at Cana before the water got turned into wine? What, what, what was the sequence of events? They, they identified a need. We're out, of, we're out of the wine. We're out. There's a need. We, they came up with a plan.
1: What was the plan? Mary, Mary came up with a plan. My son... Go talk to my son.
0: So obviously she knew something about Jesus that is not
1: recorded. I want to sit through eternity asking him about all the things we don't know. Because she knew something everybody else didn't. And what did Jesus say? Okay. Wine. Wine. That what he did? What did he do? what had to happen first? Come on, you know the story. He told her, are you really sure? But it was his mother. And boys
0: love their mothers. I think there's a different relationship between sons and fathers and sons and mothers. I really do think there's a different relationship. But then but what did Jesus say to do? Jump three times and turn around. Go get me some water. How much water? As Right to the top. Get as much water as these things will hold. They had to do something before he could do what he and only he could do.
1: He's the only one that could do that, right? But they had to do something first. They weren't ready. What about the instance in the boat where they'd been fishing all day?
0: Hadn't caught anything. Fishing all night, excuse me. Had not even caught one guppy.
1: What did he say to do? But we've been doing this all night long, Jesus. Do it. Peter, honestly, I don't call you a rock just because you're strong. They had to
0: do something first, right? Before he and only he could do what he could
1: do. One more illustration. I'm almost done. When he brought Lazarus out of the tomb, what had to happen first? What does he tell them to do? It's a, it's a foreshadowing
0: of what happened to him. What did he say to, his, to the friends and family?
1: Roll that rock away. And then he did what only he could do. Only he could do it. But they had to do something first. So the answer to the question, what do we do while we're waiting on God? My instruction manual says, pray, talk to him. Study. Paul tells young Timothy, You want to be a pastor. Study
0: to show yourself approved. Get into the word, Timothy. Get in
1: there. Pray. Study and then do something so that I can do, he says, what only I can do for you. That's what we're supposed to be doing while we're waiting. Pray, study, and be active in the kingdom. The closing hymn today is...